here's the thing. God is good and we are not. <laughs> but God is so good that we are loved. And through his justice and through his goodness, he took care of our sin by placing it on his son, Jesus, so that we could have relationship with him. See, left to our own devices, man, we're some bad apples. We're some rotten scoundrels. We are sinners, y'all. But there is living proof that God can take what is bad and make it good. He's not finished until our tree is flourishing. We're here to talk about it all. The rise, the fall, the faith, the fear, the good, the bad, the wins, the losses, life, love, and all of the above. And we're here to have fun while we do it. This is the Bad Apples Podcast. Let's go. Hey, what is up, everybody? This is a little bit of a different episode that we have coming to you today. Garrett is off trekking the mountains of South Dakota, and I am nestled in the mountains of West Virginia with my mom and my pops. Uh, We're both in the mountains for two very different reasons, but what we wanted to do for you here today is give you something from the Bad Apple Shelf. We're calling this episode a canned good. This is a conversation I had back in 2022 with my good friend, Dustin Bramer. You've heard us talk about him on the podcast a lot. This is his story. This is a conversation we had, and he got to tell his story, and it's a beautiful story. So if you're new to the podcast, uh, you get to hear this for the first time. And if you've heard it before, sit down, lean in, get you a cup of coffee, and enjoy this canned good episode of the Bad Apples podcast. Stocking liquid death because they they are making a killing because I am pretty positive yeah. that that came out of a faucet somewhere and they canned it. But it's good. It, hey, you know, liquid death. Yeah, I, every, a lot of podcasts that I see have liquid death, like they're they're having liquid death. They, I guess they're sponsored, maybe. So hey, you know, you probably well, just lost my sponsorship. I was just there. gonna say that was not, we ought to, we ought to pause this and start over if you were looking for a, a sponsorship. <laughs> So no, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it. I, I like the can, and uh, it's thirst quenching. No, so. they have a uh, they have a carbonated. So if you like carbonated water, they have a carbonated version of it. But no. it's super hard to find, and so I just like that. But that's also very hard to find. So yeah, well I, pr- I appreciate it. It Shows a real friendship. Oh man, absolutely. So uh, see, I brought an extra one too in case you liked it. So since you don't like it, then whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll just <laughs> fill it up in the tap after this, and I'll pretend I'm drinking it uh, a new one. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a. Uh, I'm going to build you up just a little bit and talk about how we met and um, and just give people a little bit of insight of you know how we came together and, and all that stuff. So a year ago today uh, was when we first met. And man, a year ago, I was at a horrible place in my life, lost everything. Um, everything was just going downhill. And I didn't have really anywhere to turn, anywhere to go. Of course, I'm not from here. And I uh, didn't really know what to do, so I just started looking up some churches, and I came across Hope Church's website, and I thought, man, this church looks really good. I'm going to see if they have some uh, like connect groups or some care groups or something like that that I can get connected to, maybe get a men's group. And so I sent an email, and it's amazing. I actually looked up the email just to see what date it was today because actually when I'd done this podcast, when we planned this, it wasn't planned at all that it was going to be a year ago today that, um, that we actually met for the first time. Um, but it's just God works in those little small coincidence ways. And that's actually kind of how, um, me and you came to know each other was 
these weird coincidences. Um, so you email me back. I don't even think it was an hour that you email me back. And I mean, it was one of those like connection forms. That's like, it's like Russian roulette. You don't know if you're going to get an email back or not. Cause you don't know if the church really like reads them, but within an hour you messaged me back and I like immediately I was just blown away by how fast you got back to me. And then you were like, you know what? Let's meet for coffee next week. And then it was like, Hey, you know what? I'm free tomorrow. Let's meet for coffee tomorrow. And I'm like, Wow. And I even mentioned in the email, I'm really blown away by how yeah. fast that you uh, that you got back with me, and you said you just seemed like someone who needed needed a quick connection. And I'm like, I absolutely did. So we met at a Starbucks in Springfield, and, and I, did, I didn't want to get abducted or anything. You know, it's like a like a blind date. So it was meet at a public place. It was a blind date. It was a blind date. And I uh, so I got there, and you're wearing a Rochester Rockets jacket, and I'm like, well, I work. In Rochester, Illinois, I work at the intermediate school, and I remember you saying, "Yeah, I actually Facebook stalked you, and you work with my son." And immediately, I'm like, "This, this just can't be anything but God." Which I didn't know. We had already set up the meeting before I figured that out. I was like, "Well," and right. the reason I Facebook stalked you is when you're going to meet somebody that you've never met for the first time, you got to right. kind of know who you're looking for, or it's right. real awkward. Like, are you Cody? Are you Cody? So I was like, all right, I got to sign up. I was like, I got to see what this guy looks like. Yeah. And I was like, that's a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, just an incredible, and, that, and that's when I was like, I was already sold to coming to visit Hope Church that Sunday. I'm like, I have to connect to some somewhere. I can't be out here not connecting to a church, not connecting to a, a community. And so I was already kind of sold. Like, man, he got to me that fast. I'm totally coming to Hope Church to see what it's about. And then the whole connection with your son, I'm like, are you serious? Like, that's just crazy. Because you don't just, I guess me personally, like being from a small town in West Virginia, coming out here to what I think is a big city, I don't just run into people I know. I don't run into small world connections out here. And that was a small world connection. And it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. So, yeah, it, it was the coincidence kind of blew me blew me away a little. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think I, I, I don't know. I, I probably said this verbally, not in that email, but you know, one one of the things. I mean, you're you know, you, you and I have you came from the pastor world. Yeah, um, I felt like man, if if I was ever down, right, I, I I feel like I need I need a pastor to take that. Not not that I treat a pastor differently, right? Than a regular, but I'm like, man, that's that's my brother. In multiple ways, I definitely felt that, and uh, immediate connection. I mean, that I, I just remember looking back on that day and how horrible um, of those those few days were, and just that bright moment of meeting you and instantly just kind of connecting and laughing, and and it's like, man, I left, and I'm like, wait a minute, I had all these problems going in, and I still had those problems, but in that moment, it was just a God connection. Uh, and it was awesome. It sparked this wonderful friendship that we have, this this bromance. Nice. Yep. <laughs> but but anyway, Dustin Bramer, the Connections Pastor of Hope Church, tell us a little bit about yourself that I didn't just share. Uh, you, you shared it all. No. Um, I am a father of eight children, ranging from 29 to 9. Mm. Uh, I've got uh, four, almost said three. I've got four grandchildren. 
um, all all toddlers down to down to, to baby. Yeah. Uh, now he's a grandpa, but he doesn't look a day over thirty. Okay. That's and I'm bald headed. <laughs> that's not true at all. But I appreciate that. Uh, I'm a young grandpa though. You are I'm a young. I'm a young grandpa. You are. Uh, yeah, been at Hope Church seven years now. I uh, came over from a church in Rochester. I was a, okay. a youth pastor there. Hope Church snagged me up uh, to be their sports pastor. Sports pastor. Run a, their sports uh, ministry and programming. I did that for a couple years, and then I started uh, realizing it was not a viable <laughs> ministry. Uh, so we, we switched it up, and uh, uh, my focus went more towards connections, because that's what sports ministry is. It's yep. about making connections. Yep. So we still have some football out here and uh, got rid of our paintball facility. I'd have loved to shoot you with a paintball oh, back in the day. Man. I'm an easy target. Yeah. <laughs> slow. <laughs> slow and big. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we still have some sports, but a lot of my job's now just connecting people, trying to figure out uh, what group to get them in. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's me. That's you. I, I will say that, um, and just... Just from personal experience, you definitely do a good job of connecting, and that—that's again one of the things that I really um, was drawn to. Just was that connection, and watching you kind of—I'm observant, not only just for with you, but just I like to observe. I, I kind of joke around. I, I like to sit in the back, but really, I like to sit in the back because I like to observe. I like to just kind of people watch and and watch the service, and not let it get me too distracted. But just I'm observant. And one of the things I do observe is just you, you definitely know how to connect to people and people know who Bramer is and they know I can go to Bramer and that's awesome. I mean, that's really, that's really cool that you have been able to make that connection and make those connections with people and bring people together. Um, I know we're in a, I'm in your group on Wednesday nights, a small group Bible study. And it's, it's amazing how many connections that I've made just what four weeks I think. Uh, we're, yeah, this, we just did our fourth week last night. Fourth week, and, and it's amazing how many connections I've already made just from that class, meeting new people, and uh, so yeah, connections pastor is absolutely the right title for you. I appreciate that. So, so. did you think um, how long have you been saved? Let's go there. How long have you been a Christian? Ooh, that so I did not grow up in the church at all, at all. Um, you know, other than going with some friends here and there, I tried to. I actually got confirmed, if we're gonna be honest, uh, in eighth grade, just because my friend was going to a church. Okay. I did some classes, so I got uh, baptized uh, with with sprinkle um, in a Presbyterian <laughs> church. Uh, you got sprinkled. I got sprinkled. All right, sprinkled. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't consider that my salvation though, because I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. Not not to take away from anybody that, that did that in eighth grade. Um, I was an adult uh, with four kids um, when my wife and I started attending a, a church in Rochester, okay. Illinois. Uh, so early to mid-20s um, through a series of, you know, basically a guy saying, hey, your kids are coming to this this youth program stuff we have on Wednesday nights. Why don't your wife and you just check the church out? You know, I, I kind of <laughs> felt convicted, like, yeah. all right, I'm using this as free daycare, and, uh, and my wife and I are going out to dinner on Wednesdays. Yeah, we can come check the church out next weekend. <laughs> and uh, it went from that to um, just a, an invitation to help with some rowdy eighth graders. Yeah. Which my oldest son was one of those rowdy eighth graders, and the guy said, "Hey, I don't, I don't need you to teach. I don't need you to preach. I don't need you to lead a Bible study. I need your help because these kids are going to kill me." <laughs> and uh, so I came. He called me as heavy just to be, just to be kind of the the muscle in the, the room. Guy, yeah. 
and uh, just to say, that's you're going to break your neck. Let's not do that. Or, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, don't throw that kid anymore. That kind of thing. Uh, it went from that to a friendship uh, to eventually uh, me stepping up as a small group leader uh, to eventually uh, that that lead or that uh, youth pastor taking a new job and me taking over as interim, and wow. that went to a full time ministry. Wow. So it it was it was a crazy probably four year process yeah. of not knowing who Jesus was to my job is bringing people to Jesus and teaching wow. about Jesus. And I went to Bible college and all that stuff. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. Um, man, I had a question. It was and, gone. And it, it's and gone. It just, it just flooded away. You need away. some liquid death to help your brain? <laughs> you need some coffee. But yeah, so looking back on your life, and, and you kind of kind of alluded to it a little bit, you know, you ended up being a youth pastor. Um, God's plan is something that is so far beyond us, I think. And if you, I mean, honestly, if you could tell me, if you would have told me where I'm at right now, what I'm doing right now, it would just, you know, there's no way that I would, that I would think that I would be where I'm at. But also a year ago, I never imagined that I'd be able to make it through. I never imagined I'd be able to make it through divorce. I never, I never imagined I'd be able to make it throughout that whole year. I mean, a year ago today, I was literally... You were broken. I was broken. I was yep. broken. And the fact that I can see that I'm on my way to God's ultimate plan for my life is amazing to me. And it's like I've been kind of reminiscing the past couple of days about just thinking about how God really does take us and write our story. And he's literally the author and the finisher of our faith. And he's literally the one writing all of these chapters of our lives. So with that being said, with with your life, you were, so you were in EMT? I was, um, uh... Yeah, I, I, EMT actually a nationally registered paramedic. Okay, um, working uh, when I when I quit my medical job and went into ministry, I was a flight medic, uh, base supervisor for uh, a air ambulance company, a helicopter company. Wow, uh, which was my dream job. Right, that was my dream job. Um, yeah, I did. So you went from that to a ministry to quitting quitting yeah. my dream job right. to and. And I took a $25,000 a year yeah. pay cut. I was going to say, that's probably some comfort there. And you yeah. left that comfort and, and it, jumped into ministry. And, you know, and I'm not, I don't pat myself. You, you're asking questions so I can, I can say it. I don't have to pat myself on the back. But right. I was working 10 shifts a month. I worked uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and every other Saturday because there were 24-hour shifts. Yeah. You know, and you got, you sleep, you got a room and, you know, your own, your own thing you can do. Um, but, yeah, 10, 10 days a month. Making twenty five thousand ish dollars more than I went to. Um, wow! But it and like you, I like to say that God's our our plan that we have for us and and God's purpose for us a lot of times don't match up. So oh, for like, sure. I had my plan for sure, and I was I was I was you know succeeding at my plan. Yeah, but that was not God's purpose for me. So I still kept my paramedic license. I still have it. Uh, right. I still do some teaching. So I still I still get a piece of that. Right. But the helicopter days are done. Yeah. I'm a little chubby for a helicopter now. <laughs> they got a, a 195 weight limit. Uh, they may have it. It may be yeah, not a whole lot of medics out there that are 195 or under. So they may have upped that weight limit uh, in the last uh, 12 years. <laughs> so I guess looking back at my life, <clears throat> you're talking about our, you know our plan for ourselves and and God's plan and God's purpose, you know, I can look back and I can think 
there's a possibility for me, and, and it, maybe it's more than a possibility, that pastoring wasn't really, um, that was really my plan. And that was really kind of what I thought I needed to do because, oh, I, I preach. Well, okay, I guess I, have to, I guess I have to go and pastor a church. And the one thing that I'm learning in this year is like God has really kind of taken me back and everything has kind of come full circle because it's like I started working in a youth group now I'm back working in a youth group. I serve with the sixth graders, and 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 so I'm working in a school. So I'm around kids a lot, and it's like, man, God is, God has this way of just bringing everything full circle. And so it's amazing that you you kind of talk about that, and you you mention your kids, and you have um, probably one of the most incredible stories that I have ever heard about your kids. And I want you to uh, kind of just go into that and just share that. Um, I even like, I called my mom one day and I'm like, I got to tell you this story because you had just preached about crazy, it. Crazy, right? <laughs> you just <laughs> preached about it. And I'm like, you can go back and listen to it on their, on their Facebook, but I'm going to tell you about it. And she was just completely fascinated. And, uh, it fascinated me cause I, I, like I knew you and I knew your kids, but I actually really didn't know the depth of the story. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of time and just okay. share with us that story. Yeah. Uh, and then interrupt me if you got a question. So yeah. uh, I don't tell this story very often just because it's just part of who I am and I don't even think about it unless I get asked. Um, so my I was married right out of high school. My wife was married right out of high school, not married to each other, okay. just to paint yep. the picture. Right. Uh, we were both uh, divorced um, pretty early in our marriages. I had two kids. She had two kids. We met each other. Uh, she's an ER nurse. At that time, I was uh, working as an ambulance paramedic. Um, there was a, uh, for lack of better words, there was a rumor going around because we both got divorced about the same time that we must be dating or having an affair or something. And I'd actually never even talked to her. I thought she was way too pretty. I think she's way too pretty, not thought. Think she's way too pretty and out of my oh, league. Oh, good. That's good. You like that catch? Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's been that's been twenty over twenty years ago. Anyways, um, so rumor going around. I finally like I'm shy at that time. Uh, it's really? hard to believe I was shy. Oh, I was wow. a little shy. Okay, uh, hadn't quite figured out life yet. And uh, I remember coming up to her and saying something like, uh, "Hey, are we like dating? Like, what's the deal? I just want to know what's happening." <laughs> and uh, she said, "Well, I've not even got dinner out of the deal if we are dating." So I was like, "All right, dinner and a movie Friday. We're doing it. <laughs> I uh, like it. I yeah, like her. something like that. It was it was it was suave, uh, super suave. <laughs> so um, that led to us actually dating for real. And uh, I about a year a year later." Um, I asked her to marry me, and she said, "I will marry you, but I want more kids. I want, I want at least another. I want at least one more, one more kid. So if you're okay with that, yeah. then you know. And that we're we're very upfront people. So mm-hmm. um, through us, and yes, so we got married uh, actually a year after the proposal. Married on Valentine, proposed on Valentine's Day. Married the next Valentine's Day. Wow, um, that's awesome. Well, you, it's one present. You don't have to do an anniversary and a Valentine's Day present. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so <laughs> that makes me sound <laughs> awful. So no, that's just the way it works. So uh, she had two kids. I had two kids. Um, and then so we tr- we try to have uh, to, to have our own family. You know, to have a, a kid between us. Um, infertility treatments, all that stuff, never happened. And. Um, she takes a trip to Africa on a mission trip, a medical mission trip, and comes back, and she said, we need to adopt. 
Um, I was a little apprehensive at first, um, just cause there's a lot of unknowns with adoption. Right. And, uh, but I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's go. And she said, uh, I said, do you want to adopt internationally? She's like, I'm an ER nurse. I see kids every day that need homes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, let's just adopt locally. Uh, let's go through the foster system with the expectation of adoption. So it's a high risk, high risk fostering. Basically the kid that you have is more than likely going to more than likely go through the process of adoption. Right. Like, there's a chance not, but more than likely. Um, we did all the paperwork, and uh, we get done. It took it takes about a year. It took us about a year. We get done, and they said, hey, uh, you've requested a child under three. Um, you don't d- did not specify race. We know that African Americans are harder to ad- ad- adopt mm-hmm. uh, in place just because of the way it is. Um, we said we're uh, African Americans completely fine with us, but we don't care race. Um, they said, all right, it, it'll probably be months, maybe a year before we find a placement for you um, with your specifications, but we'll give you a call. Two days later, oh wow, we get a phone, she gets a phone call and said, hey, I got brothers. One's a year and a half and one's six months old. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come down here? You can look at them and tell us which one you want, mm. um, which that's not going to work. Right. You know, you, yeah. these boys had been together um, a year and a half. Well, yeah. a year, one was a year and a half, one was six months old. So six months, they only knew, the only stability they had was each other because yeah. they had been uh, taken out of that foster system or they'd taken out of the home and then put into a foster system, put into another foster system, and then they were looking for a more permanent placement for both kids, right. but they gave us an option for one. Um my wife, uh, I was working, I was actually at, at the flight medic base that day, and she comes out to me after she had, uh, she told me she was going to go. She comes and she's crying, and she said, there's no way we can separate those boys. Um, can we Can we uh, foster both with the intention of adoption? Um, and I said, absolutely. Um, well, before I said absolutely, I said, I need to meet them. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like, I don't feel like this is just a, a yes. I okay. said, I, 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 gotta, I, I need to meet them. Um, can we do like a, uh, a day, a play day? Okay. Um, so that, that, that following Saturday, uh, the DCFS brought him to the house and I, it was, it was love at first sight. That's awesome. So yeah, I, I still remember, uh, uh, the oldest boy, uh, I can say his name, right? I mean, yeah, it's Jamal. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, the oldest boy, Jamal, he, uh, he was a year and a half, super chubby kid uh just still kind of still trying to get his feet under him and he literally like toddled over me and to me and and said daddy oh and they're like i we you know they've never heard him say hardly any words at all and i was just like i'm dude if you want to live here it's your house man and this was the first the first time he met you he said first time he ever met me oh dude um you made me cry so yeah i'm tearing up now so that's that's powerful yeah yeah it was it was crazy shout out to jamal for, for <laughs> shout out to Jamal <laughs> and all of your all of your kids, but but yeah, that's an incredible story. Yeah, that the first time you're you're a first date. <laughs> it was our first date, man. He already loved me. Yeah, he already he came loved on you. a little strong. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, and then Calvin, six months old, laying there. Um, I mean, just as as a side note, I mean, they, you know, God's plan, our purpose, that kind of thing. Uh, Calvin had some significant uh, uh, delays. Really, um, all of them had some some issues at birth, and uh, he had some significant delays. Uh, they were saying, you know, he we don't know for sure. There there may be some brain damage. We we just don't know. 
Uh, I remember at a doctor's appointment, that one of the nurses says, oh, he doesn't even cry when he gets shot. He's such, shots, he's such a good baby. And I said, well, he's six months old. He should cry. So mm-hmm. there's that's not that he's a good not, baby. Yeah. That's that there's something wrong. Not normal, yeah. Um, he, he, I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't even care if all the other kids hear it, he's the smartest kid we have. <laughs> he, out, of awesome. all, out of all of them. Man, that kid, kid he's my tech support, yeah. man. Hey, I've always I've noticed him just on sound equipment on and now he's playing drums and he's playing instruments yeah. and I and we were just kind of listening to him play drums one night at youth group and he was just kind of jamming away and I'm like dude he doesn't know nothing got it he like, doesn't know nothing about drums but he just picks it up yeah, um, that's incredible if I have if I have and I'm a fairly techie guy but if I have a tech issue I I'm like hey Calvin I mm-hmm. need you to figure this out for me yeah so. He's he's mining Bitcoin in his basement. He's doing all kinds, you know. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> so he tried to take apart a router the other day. He's like, this is going to uh, super speed up something. I was like, all right, it was an extra router. I need a podcast producer, so if he's uh, looking to be hired, he'll let me know. probably do it. So anyways, <laughs> so that, that uh, any, any questions? with Because we're just getting warmed up. Yeah, we're just getting warmed up, man. That, keep going. All I right, like it. so... Um, so life's good. We went through the adoption process. Uh, I mean, it was a lengthy process. There were some court appointments with the biological mother. There was some supervised visitations with her and with dad at that time. Um, ultimately, they lost parental rights. We got uh, custody. Um, and we, we, we take our name out of the DCFS registry. At this point, we have six kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said in my intro that I have eight kids, so that you know you know where this is going. So it's probably uh, it's well not probably it's a couple years later we we hear through the grapevine that the mom's pregnant again yeah and uh, with my mom well, with my mom with my wife being a, an ER nurse she 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 kind of hears hears things and sees things and runs into people and so she's like oh okay uh, they said uh, they as in DCFS said hey we know you took your name out of the registry um, because you have adopted officially siblings of this unborn child would you be interested as a family placement at this point uh, inter- and I, I was I was a no I I was like man we're we're running around crazy yeah we got we got kids starting to you know think about dry older kids driving yeah. we got running in, into sports. Um, wow. And I, I was pretty much a no. Uh, my wife was tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a financial implication in that as well. I mean, well, in a, in a bedroom implication, like, right. where's the kid going to, I mean, yeah. I don't have a mansion. <laughs> and uh, Were you in the same house you're in now? Yeah, we've been okay. in that house since, yeah, since her and I got married. Okay. Right. Um, got got married on the 14th of, mm-hmm. of, of, of 2003. Wow. Um, moved into that house later that same month in 03. So. I wasn't even in high school yet. No, I'm I'm an old I'm an old man. <laughs> I just <play. laughs> so uh, so my wife's kind of like ah, I just don't know. Uh, I'm pretty much a no. I'm trying to get other people rallied to my defense uh, for for it to be a no. <laughs> and uh, what changed my mind was we had a family meeting. Um, the younger kids were too young, uh, Jamal and Calvin, too young to make a decision there. Right. Uh, but the older four um, had a family meeting and kind of let them know what was happening. Um, I thought these are teenagers, man. They're gonna some teenagers, some some a little younger. I thought they're gonna they're selfish, they're self centered. They're like, I'm not giving up my bedroom, you know. I'm not right. I'm not doing this, right? Because um, there's certain rules with DCFS where you can't cohabitate certain it you there's some rules until okay. that kid's adopted so okay. we'll just say it like that yeah um so there needed to be some bedroom switches and all kinds of stuff and uh, our oldest son dylan 
um, who was 15, 16 at the time, um, he said, why are we even discussing that? That's that's my brother. Oh, wow. Or that's my sister. We didn't know a boy or girl at that time. That's my sibling in that woman's belly. Mm. He, that, that, that kid just needs to come to our house. Mm. And I, I remember thinking, all right, if a 15-year-old yeah. isn't selfish and self-centered, what business do I have to be selfish and self-centered? That's powerful. Um, so uh, we thought, based off of DCFS uh, conversation, that we had another about seven months, six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that next month, so there was some bad intel. Oh, wow. My wife gets a call from, uh, she's at St. John's in the ER. She gets a call from Memorial Hospital. Um, she's in the middle of a trauma. Like things are happening, and uh, oh somebody comes and gets her and says, "You have a phone call. You need to take now." Well, when that happens, you go. Yeah. And uh, they said, "Hey, this is DCFS. We're at Memorial Hospital. Um, y- your son has been born. Can you be here by three? And it's like one o'clock. Oh my god! We were like, "Whoa! Like you got the wrong person. Like <laughs> we still have six months have of six pregnancy." Months. <laughs> Uh, you got, and they were like, they gave all the inf- information she needed, and she comes and she basically just says, I'm leaving, guys. And uh, we didn't have anything ready. You know, we thought we oh, had wow. some time. Um, we get a call. She comes and picks me up. We, we like, heads are spinning. And uh, we get a call, and they said uh, the, the mother had left the hospital, AMA, um, like, just bolted. For all kinds of different reasons, wow. um, they said the baby does not even have a. They call the calls on the way. The baby does not even have a name yet. We oh, need wow. to name the baby before we can take the baby. So we sat in Memorial's parking lot and came up with with a name for Isaiah. Oh, so man. all of the three boys, uh, Jamal, Calvin, and Isaiah, we all gave them middle names that are family related. Okay. So it's Jamal Richard. Richard's my middle name. Okay. Um, Calvin Walker. Walker is Tracy's dad's middle name. Oh, wow. And Isaiah Marcus is uh, Tracy's oldest brother, Mark, Mark's middle name. That's awesome. Um, I didn't know. His, I knew his name was Marcus because he talks about it all the time. Yeah, Isaiah Marcus. <laughs> so it's Stuart Marcus is uh, her oldest brother. Yeah, awesome. So we wanted them to all have, and they, they have obviously our last name, but we wanted them to all have a, a family name other than just our last name to feel like they were part of it. Wow. So that's deep, man. So that's Isaiah. Uh, that's the, Isaiah. The last part of so if you're still hanging in, you're like this guy just keeps talking about his kids. This is incredible. Uh, this the is last incredible. part of the story uh, is is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, we were done, done at this point. <laughs> uh, Isaiah was uh, by far the most challenging kid we had. Right. Um, uh, you know, with mom leaving AMA, I mean, there was some some significant issues at birth. Right. Um, just he he was he was hard. He I mean I'm not gonna get into all that, but he was a hard child. Right. Uh, baby, lots of lots of crying, and um, we were done, done. I think I think the older kids were done, done too. Yeah. I mean, at yeah. this point, we're out of room. <laughs> Uh, we're out of money. <laughs> we're out of patience. I'm out of hair. Yeah, you know, your hair is uh, gone. My hair is gone. <laughs> uh, so that would have been um, so two years later, uh, two two and a half years later. We're DCFS isn't even a thing. We've adopted all three boys at this time, and um, we take a group of high every year at the in that part of my life every year we would take a group of high school students down to florida as part of our youth a youth retreat okay um that happens to be the year we decided to go all crazy and took 160 high school kids three charter buses wow. full 
uh, of kids. So it's it life's crazy down there in Panama City Beach, Florida, at this youth uh, Christian youth retreat. And uh, we get a moment where the, uh, the all the kids are taken care of for like an hour. It's like kids only, like they just go crazy in, on the stage. And the youth leaders, they call it youth training, which there is some training, but it's just a time for the youth leaders to not have to worry about being in charge of anything. Yeah. So no. all my youth leaders, uh, like 40 of us, <laughs> and all the other youth leaders from all the other groups that were there, we're all sitting in a room and the guy starts talking, this, this guy training us, he starts talking about Little House on the Prairie. Okay. And uh, I know this is a weird, weird uh, segue here. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie, stay with me. So he, uh, he starts to go through all the different characters, okay. and he's talking about how these characters are different, would be different people today. So it was kind of a neat little, you know, I grew up watching Little House on the Prairie. Not that I'm old, but it was really yeah. <laughs> You've heard of it, though, right? I've heard of it, yeah. All right. <laughs> So he says he says the name Caroline, and my wife nudges me next to, and she's next to me, and uh, she says, "Man, I've always loved the name Caroline. If we had a girl, I'd name her Caroline." And I said, "Bite your tongue, woman." <laughs> I remember it's it's almost like it happened yesterday because it's so vivid. Shut your mouth. Bite your tongue, woman. All right. So when I when I tell the next part of the story, people think I'm crazy and I'm lying. All right. As, as God is my witness, as you is my friend. Yeah. So about, I don't know, 10 minutes later, the guy says, hey, I just got word the kids are going to be an extra 45. So you guys can either go take a nap. Yeah. Uh, or if you got a vehicle, you can go grab some, some food that's not camp food. So we actually have a rental vehicle because you can't take charter buses to a hospital in case somebody gets hurt. Uh, <laughs> so we always got a rental vehicle. I said, hey. Tracy, which is my wife, I said, let's go grab some Chick-fil-A. Mm. I said, let's just, we got 45 minutes. So we're driving down the road. And her phone rings. She answers it, and she's like, yeah, this is me. That's me. Yep, yep, yep. And then she starts crying. Oh, boy. And I pull over. I, somebody's died. Mm. Somebody has died. Right. So I pull over, and uh, she says, I just need to call you back. And she hangs up the phone, and she's just she's kind of hysterical and just like, I just don't know what's going on right now. She said, I said, well, who was it? She said, that was DCFS. <laughs> I said, all right. She what was said, your mind? What was going through your mind when she said it was DCFS? I thought something had happened with the adoption, like okay. with like something like some grandma we didn't know. You know, I mean, right. not that anything can really happen once you've adopted. They're my kids, right. so right. I was my initial thought was something something's up with the kids because we didn't we didn't bring Jamal, Calvin, and Isaiah with us. They got a babysitter at home. Okay. You know, we don't take okay. them on a youth trip with 160 high school kids. That's right. how that's how bad things happen. <laughs> so you can't really watch toddlers. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, she said, that was DCFS. Um, she says the name of the biological mother of the, the boys. She'll, we'll just say the, the, the boys' mother uh, has just had another baby. Her name's Caroline, and she's healthy. Oh, my goodness. We're talking 15 minutes-ish since the conversation and me nudging her. Wow. And to this day, I feel like if that hadn't happened in that way, we would have said no. Man, because we were tired, and right. we sat there, and we we I don't even think we got Chick Fil A. Uh, we <laughs> I'm still bitter. No, we <laughs> sat there in that in that parking lot on the side of that road, right next to the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, cried. Yeah, uh, and I remember her saying, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I want to say no, but I'm afraid God's going to strike us both dead right now if I say no." Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it 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 was crazy. So obviously, we actually just make an executive decision based off of what just happened uh, that this was going to happen. We were going to make it work. Yeah. 
Um, Caroline's middle name does not take after anybody in our family, but her middle name is Faith because oh, that, that that is what we had to have. Wow. That's um, wow. Caroline Faith, and uh, man, she she she's nine now. Yeah, she completes our family, man. It's awesome. I I can't I it's can't awesome, imagine man. I can't imagine life without her. Um, and kind of a funny little caveat to that story about a you know about six months before this. Um, I had that, that, that guy that I, that I started helping with youth ministry that ended up getting a new job, which ended up propelling me into being an interim and then a full-time guy. Yeah. He's leading a church that's just booming out in Prescott, Arizona, uh, just booming. Right. And he, he calls me and he says, I need you to be my youth pastor. Like we're ready. He's yeah. like, is there any reason the, the boys are adopted? He's like, I've been waiting for them boys to get adopted. They're adopted. <laughs> you can up and leave. Right. Like you, You're I need good. you to be. Yeah. He like they fly. Well, they they fly a guy here to meet with me because he's like, this is my friend. So I need somebody that's not his friend to like mm-hmm. make sure he's the guy. Okay. So I meet with this guy, and then they they're he's like, yeah, he's our guy. He meets, meets my wife. They fly us out to Prescott. You know, wine and dine us in quotations, which sure. is as much as you can do on a church, you know, budget. <laughs> and uh, I did, they did give me some steak. Yeah. I think my wife got a lobster. Uh, wined wow. and dined us. Uh, not a whole lobster. It was like half a lobster. No, well, still. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're picking out real estate. Like, we're doing this. Yeah. We're moving to Prescott. Arizona. Oh, I man. Mean, the, the church is in the mountains. They were getting ready to build a new building, which they built now. Yeah. And uh, we get back, and he, you know, a week later, he calls, and he's like, hey, we're offering the job. It's yours. I said, oh, man, I'm super excited. And we wow. get home, and my wife uh, and I both lay there, and I said, I don't know why, but I can't take this job. Oh man! I, I could not, for the life of me. I, I called my friend up that next day and I cried, mm-hmm. and he was probably a little upset because I couldn't tell him why I couldn't take this job. I did not have a good reason. Wow! It just didn't. Everything felt right, but it just didn't seem like it was God's purpose for me. Yeah, it felt like my plan. Yeah, for sure. And uh, looking back, had we moved to Arizona. Mm-hmm. The way DCFS works, Caroline would not be part of our family. Oh wow! And that—that's the only wow. it's the only rationale I can have. God knew what was going on. Yeah, He knew what was going on, and and that that mother was doing the math. We did the math. That mother was pregnant and probably had just got pregnant. Wow! When all this Prescott stuff's going down. Oh my so, goodness! Because it's yeah, it was like six months. Yeah, it. Wow! When you when you just and you think. Kind of from the beginning of when I started talking about you and how we met and how those those little what seems like coincidences to us, but in the grand scheme of things, literal an orchestration. It's it's God orchestrating all of this and writing all of this and and just the it, it, the whole story is just incredible. But I remember hearing just just like her saying Caroline would be would be a good name. And then 15 minutes later, hearing that the girl's name has, she was already named Caroline. That is just, um, yeah. And, and, and going back to what you said, you probably would have said no, had it not been for that. And that's something a lot of people will look at and they'll say, oh, well, that's just coincidence. But no, it's literally God in control of the whole thing. And and no, we're not we're not puppets and we're not robots. But God is literally just writing our story. He's orchestrating all of this. And uh, I, I interrupted you, but did you have it? Keep going. No, I mean that. <laughs> no, you. No, I, I, 
my story's still being written. Yeah. You know. It, oh wow, that's powerful. Yeah. It. I don't have any more kids, to my knowledge. <laughs> uh, the mother actually did get her uh, tubes tied. Okay. So we we know for fact. Well, I mean, I didn't I didn't witness the procedure. Right. But <laughs> you were there. Per conversation, okay. um, and it's been nine years, so okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we're we're done there. Uh, it, and it's not all roses and you know rainbows and unicorns, right? You know, right. I'm, I'm raising I'm raising you know, four kids still in the house. Uh, four kids are, are moved out. Yep. Uh, four kids in the house. I've got three teenagers right now, and a nine year old girl who thinks she's a teenager. She so absolutely does. Yeah. She absolutely no. She thinks she's an adult. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I agree with that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. She said yesterday, "Dad, you just don't get me." I was like, "Yeah, I don't get you." Um, no, I've never been a nine-year-old girl. Yeah, that sounds just like what she would say. Yeah, you though. don't get me. No, nope, I don't. So, it's not all roses, rainbows, and unicorns at yeah. the Bramer House. Uh, but we we try the best we can. Right. Uh, we try to raise them in a way that 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 we can be proud of. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's ups and downs, mountains. I mean, but who who hasn't raised a teenager that that can that can say that it's not all rainbows? I haven't. You well, <laughs> you have not. Apollo acts like a teenager. Yeah, I'm, all <laughs> I'm <right>. just playing. <laughs> uh, but you know, in of course, it's not all um, unicorns and, and rainbows, and um, not all bright sunny days. And that's the, I, I guess that's. I guess that's the beauty of life. You, you don't really think it's beauty when you're going through those those tough times and those rainy days and those mountains and those valleys and the, and the fire and the storms and all the stuff we go through. Um, but there was there's a song I, li- I like to listen to and it talks about it talks about a storm and he, he was talking about how he was on an airplane and he's going up into this turbulence and uh, there was all this turbulence happening and he was scared for his life. And all of a sudden he peeked up out of the clouds and there was the sun. So through all of that, the sun was still shining. Mm. And I think what we have to remember in life when we're going through all of this is there is still a, there's still very much a God who cares for us and he's a very present help. Even though we may be going through some turbulence and we may be going through some, some tough times, there is a God that is still shining. He's still God, no matter what day, uh, that you're, you're having, no matter what type of situation is going on in your life, God's still God. I mean, we, we just read it last night in our group, but you know, James James says, "Man, it's that's it's that turbulence, yeah. it's those trials. It, yeah. That's what's going to help you finish the race. That's going to give you perseverance because that's, that's the stuff that builds you. That's it. I mean, if everything's perfect all the time, where where are you growing? Exactly, exactly. Right. I, I like to use, um, you know, pressure creates diamonds, and, and I hate going through tough times. I hate, this past year has been hell. I mean, it's just been uh, one of the one of the craziest years of my life. Um, but without this past year, I don't think I'd be where I'm at now. hundred percent. And I don't think I'd be able to be looking at things um, like I am looking at things now. And I don't think I'd know Jesus the way I feel like I know Jesus now. And I pastored churches and didn't know Jesus like I know now. And I look back on that, and it, it's heartbreaking to see that that I that I was so blinded, even when I was leading people, and it was literally the blind leading the blind. But, but man, to go through all of it again to get back to to get to where I'm at now with him and with just knowing how much he loves, I would do it again. Mm. And it's it's that's crazy saying, to think about. Yeah. But those hard times are really what is there. And you know, like you said, like. 
God's still writing my story. God's still writing my story. I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just hit record on a podcast and talk. Like, I don't know what my life is and what, but I, all I know is God is writing it. And God will, God will take us back to the wheel and he'll take us back to the potter's wheel and he'll mold us and perfect us until he feels like his product is good. And that's, uh, that's just amazing. We just need to take our hands off the potter's wheel and stop acting like the potter. Yeah. We're just the clay. It's scary to think, you know, even, even my story where I have listened to God some, mm-hmm. how many opportunities were missed yeah. because of my own pride or my own control need. Yeah. You know, you could probably think back too. Like, well, as you were talking about, even Arizona, like I, I've looked back on some situations where I have both been in the same situation where I felt like everything was right and perfect, and just didn't feel like it was God's purpose. But I also definitely can look back and say, how many times have I missed it? Mm-hmm. How many times have I missed it because I felt like my plan was more important? So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Dustin Bramer. <laughs> I thanks for having me on, man. They made me cry a little. Uh, you know, I got I looked away, but I got kind of choked up. I seen you getting choked up, and I kind of was like, I'm just gonna look at my coffee cup and and not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember first hearing that was the first time I heard you preach okay. last year, and you told that story. And yeah, the, the sermon series led led me to that because I don't usually like to preach about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a story here or there. Yeah, but the sermon series was here for this. Like why here for this? Yes, are, right. Why right. are you here for this? And I had to kind of tell my story. Yeah, because there are points that I'm here for that right. You know, for that moment right there because of all of these different things. Yeah, um, it kind of led it led it to it. It gave me an opportunity for the first time to really share my whole story. It was incredible, uh, and I think that was the first time I heard you preach. But here for this was like up into September, wasn't it? Was it? It was the last I just preached two weeks ago, yeah. or yeah, last week and week before. Uh, it was the I. It was the last time I preached, so it hadn't been that long ago because I, so I preach heard, once every three or four months. I think I've heard you. Pre- I heard you preach before that. You just didn't like it. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I did like it. You but don't remember it. I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember what it was either, and I preached it. So, um, but yeah, so. When I heard that, I literally sat there and just, I just wept. <laughs> like, because it's just, it just showed me because I remember hearing it and I was, you know, I was still kind of coming through this whole time of my life when I, I mean, just to be honest, like, I, I didn't think God would ever use me again. I didn't think, I, did, I thought it was just done. I thought it was just over. Like, I'm just, I, I'm okay with coming to church and, and just sitting here. And, and, but I remember just feeling like God was speaking to me through that and saying, I'm orchestrating all of this. Like your plan is not to be done and not to be over and not to be like just, but I, I got this. And that's what I kind of took from that. And just hearing, just the story. I mean, if you listen to the story, it's just, a, it's an incredible story. Like it's just a God story. Like, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. But uh, yeah, man, I, I really, uh, I thank you for uh, coming and hanging out with me and being on the podcast. I know we talked about it since I started the podcast about you being on. And you were originally supposed to be the first guest. But here. Man. That was such a great conversation. Hey, thank you so much for uh, jumping in with us today uh, and uh, listening as we pulled a canned good from the shelf of the bad apples. Um, and again, love that conversation with Dustin. Um, we, you know, we're working on uh, his schedule and trying to get him back on the show now that we got this new setup and and all that. He's just a, you know he's a busy man. Uh, so again, we want to thank you, uh, and we also want to say. Happy Memorial Day. Um, We're so so thankful for all the men and women who have served and given their life for this country. Um, We are so 
thankful for that. So happy Memorial Day uh, to everyone. And make sure you listen, make sure you subscribe, and make sure you leave us a little review. You know, uh, we hope that you keep picking from the bad apples tree. You know, I said that in one episode and I haven't stopped saying it since. So it's kind of my thing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, God bless all of you. Remember, God loved us first. God loves us best and God loves us most. This is the Bad Apples Podcast.